Have you ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Or maybe what they use to keep their skin looking so flawless? Well, even if I don't know these answers, I can tell you something equally as interesting and unicorn related. Over 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot, and for good reason. HubSpot's all-in-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support so you can grow beyond your wildest dreams, boosting leads and ramping sales along the way. They even have a constantly evolving collection of resources to help startups scale. Plus, with the HubSpot for Startups program, you can save up to 90% off your first year. I'll admit it does sound a little too good to be true. But unlike that majestic and also incredibly fictitious unicorn, HubSpot for startups is all real. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot and take your growth to new heights, visit HubSpot.com startups. What's going on, everyone? It's Wednesday, March 1st. I'm Zachary Crockett here with Rob Litters and Lestrandra Alfred, and you're listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're talking about verification on social media. Having a little check mark next to your name used to be a symbol of notoriety or trustworthiness. But in recent times, verification has gone up for sale to basically anyone who has the money. Lestrandra is going to break down what's going on there for us, and she's going to talk about the implications of that shift. But before we get into that, let's take a quick look at what else is going on in business and tech today. Tesla is reportedly opening a major plant in northern Mexico. That investment is going to be worth around $10 billion, and it's Tesla's third plant outside of the U.S. The other two are in Germany and China. Speaking of China, the Chinese smartphone maker Realme just released the GT3. That's a $649 smartphone that can supposedly charge fully in just 9 minutes and 30 seconds. And Realme is hoping for some magic there because... Last year, the global smartphone market had its lowest total shipments in nearly a decade. Some good news for Target. The retailer saw same-store sales increase by 0.7% in Q4. That may sound like it's small, but it did exceed expectations. And those sales largely came from consumer essentials rather than electronics and clothes. Inflation has driven consumers to purchase private label brands, which are typically a little more affordable. According to a new survey, 73% of shoppers intend to keep it that way, even when things turn around. And lastly, the Biden administration announced that semiconductor companies, they're going to have to offer workers affordable child care if they want a piece of those $40 billion in subsidies. That seems pretty fair. All right, Lestrange and Rob, I'm just going to start out with a question here. Online verification, when you see a check mark next to someone's name these days on social media, does it still mean anything to you? Not on Twitter, that's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Ever since the updates to Twitter Blue where people can purchase their check mark, I found myself clicking on the check mark, how it'll tell you either this person is subscribed to Twitter Blue or this is a legacy verified account. Yeah. I'll often look at that to see what the source of, of their verification is coming from. Yeah. What was the first event that changed it for you? Like I saw like a fake Pfizer account and didn't it like completely shatter their market cap or something like that? Like they said something about raising the price of a drug or it was a totally fake account and it like crushed their market cap or their valuation or something. (laughs) Yeah, that happened with a couple of companies. Once this version of Twitter Blue rolled out, they were able to create these fake verified accounts about giving out like free medications Mm, and doing all these things that were completely false, completely false. And it sent people (laughs) 
<laughs> in a bit of a tizzy, understandably so. Crazy. Yeah, I feel like seeing someone with the handle like CryptoBro69 being verified <laughs> uh, just kind of ruins the whole experience. A hundred percent. Right. <laughs> but anyway, Lestrandra, going way back, you recently wrote a little bit about sort of the history behind verification online. And I know it started as a trust mechanism, as something to prevent fraud and impersonation, right? Yeah, exactly. So on Twitter, back in 2009, someone created an impersonation account of Tony LaRussa, who at the time was the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, tweeting some really insensitive things about drinking and driving. This was shortly after two baseball pitchers had passed away from a drinking and driving accident. Hmm. And so he filed a lawsuit against Twitter, basically saying that they were negligent in letting someone impersonate him and that it caused distress. And so Twitter responded by creating the verification process, essentially so that people who were notable or public figures could have this kind of stamp of authenticity Mm -hmm. and be harder to impersonate. Gotcha. And then, of course, uh, Instagram and some other platforms followed suit. And those little check marks, you know, if you saw one in those early days, it was a source that you could trust. Or at the very least, if it was some celebrity or notable person, you knew that was the real person. Exactly. Yeah. Like this, it's probably not them directly managing the account, but somebody connected to them. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So let's talk about this recent shift we've seen, because obviously things have changed quite a bit since then. Last year, uh, paid verification sort of started to become a thing. Take us back to the origins of that. Yeah. So Twitter Blue has actually been around for a little while. I think it either rolled out in 2021 or maybe earlier in 2022. And originally it had some features like letting you organize your bookmarks and just have a little bit more control over your content. But after Elon Musk purchased Twitter, which we all know has been quite the dumpster fire. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> one of the first big changes he made was revamping the Twitter Blue subscription, up the price a little bit and made purchased verification be kind of the main draw. Mm-hmm. So that's been happening for the past few months. And then just last week, Meta announced plans to offer a similar service, which is also not surprising when we see Meta, Facebook, Instagram often mimics the features mm-hmm. and <laughs> kind of strategies of other platforms. It's kind of their thing at this point. So I wasn't super surprised to see that they rolled out their own version. But a lot of people were very surprised to see verification get monetized in general. Let's talk about some of the pushback here. What are some of the major concerns that are floating around on the web? Yeah, a lot of the concerns are around security. So Twitter recently announced that the two-factor authentication feature is only going to be available for people who are subscribed to Twitter Blue, Hmm. which is a huge security risk that makes any account that's not willing to pay much more susceptible to hacking, which Twitter accounts get hacked constantly. So for that extra layer of security, you essentially need to pay to have it. Similarly, on Instagram, Instagram accounts also get hacked all the time. Meta is notorious for having customer service that is really hard to get a hold of. And as part of their Meta Verified program, what you're essentially paying for is the ability to actually have customer service, which is Mm. essentially non-existent right now. So a lot of people are concerned that their accounts are going to be totally unsecure if they're unwilling or unable to pay for those basic customer service needs. Okay. And this is all kind of alarming and weirdly funny in a way because, you know, Musk started this paid verification initiative kind of under the guise of democratization. Right. He said, you know, let's tear down these elitist check marks and make it something that anyone can have. But I guess, as you write, you can also make the argument that it's sort of having the opposite effect. It's making it less attainable for some people. 
Well, I mean, yeah, free speech for $8 a month uh-huh. uh, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really make sense, but still is benefiting ultimately someone's bottom line who financially doesn't really need the benefit that much. Yeah. And obviously it sort of creates this weird payola system where, you know, people are paying to say, I'm trustworthy. Right. Yeah. Or paying to say, hey, can my content be shown to people? Mm. Which is the case with Meta's verification program, because one of the things that they're promising is increased visibility in the feed. But there's actually a lot of issues with that. Currently, there's a lot of guidelines around if something is sponsored or if something is an ad, it has to be clearly labeled as such. But we haven't gotten any information around will this content that people are paying to have increased visibility for, is that going to be disclosed? Mm. Are people just going to be served content that other people are paying for them to see all the time? Will people be able to turn that off or control it? And what does that look like? So there's a lot of also concerns from just social media users who aren't related to business or creating content who just want to see stuff from their family and friends and don't want to be sold to all day. That's a really interesting question, like whether or not paid verifications qualify as sort of promotional content. That's like a whole Pandora's box that I'm sure this will open up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the weirder things to me, you mentioned 2FA and advanced security, I feel like has been kind of like an enterprise feature of like SaaS and like B2B platforms forever. Like it's, right. I think more recently, it's actually come downstream where like offering 2FA to all of your customers is more normal now than it used to be. So it's weird to see this for a consumer product where... I think like table stakes has been, you get 2FA if you want to use it, but now it's like you actually have to pay for it. It's a really strange kind of reversion of that feature and and how they're using it. Hmm. Totally agree. It's a little scary. And I mean, I think ultimately what it comes down to is on these platforms for so long as users, we've been the product because they made most Mm -hmm. of their money through advertising and we as being free users, our attention was the product. Well, with all of the changes in terms of privacy regulations and Apple's changes and just how much harder it's been for these companies to maintain advertising revenue. I mean, Twitter has been bleeding advertising revenue ever since Musk bought it because now people don't want to pay to advertise on Twitter. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to find another way to make money. And so by charging users, that's how they're going about it. Mm. Yeah, there's kind of an interesting parallel here. It's not a perfect comparison, but sort of the fake review economy on the internet You see a lot of payola behind the scenes for five-star reviews of products on Amazon. And really, the internet sort of depends on blind trust a lot of the time, whether it's on a social media platform or an e-commerce platform. And these efforts just seem to completely be going in the opposite direction in many ways. It is, as you say, it's just kind of alarming. It's sort of the eroding of trust in a digital system where trust is really all you have when you're not dealing with things face-to-face. Definitely. One thing that I've been thinking about a little bit, like Twitter and Facebook are charging a lot for these subscriptions. When you consider how many users they have and what the likelihood is that people are actually Mm going to pay for this, Twitter, they really don't have a lot of people that have signed up for this. Mm. But then someone like Snap has this like $4 Snapchat Plus subscription where they're not taking it super seriously, it doesn't seem like. Like they offer like very fun features. It's like you get to customize an emoji and you get to like label somebody as your bestie here or whatever. Like some <laughs> things that like yeah. seventh graders would like, mm-hmm. which I think is a lot of their user base. Yeah. But it seems to really work. It's it's just really interesting to me because Snap is doing that. And then Discord, which I think you could tangentially put into kind of the social media box, 
also has this subscription called Discord Nitro that's very, very similar. It's like you get to customize emojis within your different Discord channels and you get like a special badge on your user icon. And it's just funny, like they're like looking at these opportunities, I think, to give their power users a way to use their platform in a more fun way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. While Twitter and Facebook are looking at it as like, we're going to withhold these features that you should have unless you pay for it. I think it says a lot about the companies and kind of where they are and what shareholders expect from them mm. when you look at those two different ways of monetizing social media. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely agree that I think it's interesting with the example you used with Snap, that subscription is features that are going to enhance the experience that the user is already having. They clearly know their user base what things their user base would be interested in and willing to pay for versus these other options is more of like, these are things that they should be offering anyway, Mm. but they're going to charge a premium for it. It just feels a little icky. Yeah, totally. And like, I feel like it opens up the conversation to like, why charge for verification? Like, I think a lot of people would pay like $2.99 a month to get rid of ads on Twitter. Like I would like, I don't really use Twitter as much as I used to, but Back then, I would have paid $3 a month in a heartbeat to get rid of ads and just see a clean feed. And like, I don't think they would really have to do that much to make a really compelling, like low cost premium Twitter subscription. But they've baked this whole verification thing into it, made it, in my opinion, way too expensive. Yeah. Like $8 a month. I just struggle to see how many people are actually going to pay for that. Right. And 12 for Meta, which is really high. Yeah. $12 a that month. That one, I. Do not get, yeah, I do <laughs> not crazy. get that at all. Yeah, I looked it up. It looks like fewer than 300,000 people have paid for Twitter Blue, for instance. I also just wonder, like, what are these people, is it like a badge of solidarity? Like, I stand with Elon Musk or something? <laughs> because it's like, it's clearly not about notoriety or trust anymore. It's almost become sort of like a weird political thing. And I just wonder, like, why do people even want this check mark anymore? I don't know. My question is like, what do you really have to gain from opting into something like that? It's unclear. I'm verified on Twitter and it has done absolutely nothing for me. I think like (laughs) maybe when I used to like share more hustle stories, maybe people looked at that and thought, oh, okay, this guy's, you know, a journalist or something Mm -hmm. like that. I don't really know what the value of verification is, honestly. Same. Right. I feel the same. I'm verified on Instagram and I wouldn't say that it's made much of a difference in how my content is received there. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like when you give anybody the ability to get verified, it kind of loses its value, right? (laughs) Right. I don't know. Like having a paid blue subscription on Twitter right now is just like an invitation to get mocked. Like half the responses to these people are just like memes making fun of them for paying for Twitter blue. Yeah, there's some good memes out there. There are some good memes. I will say that. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today was Robert Hartwig and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage for you in our newsletter. And if you're not subscribed to that, you can go find it over at thehustle.co slash email. Catch you all tomorrow.
Hey, everybody. Let me tell you about this great podcast that's available right now. Creator Science, hosted by Jay Klaus, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, which is the audio destination for business professionals. Creator Science goes behind the scenes with today's top creators. Through narrative interviews, Jay Klaus explores how creators like Tim Urban, James Clear, Tori Dunlap, and Cody Sanchez are building their audiences today. And by learning how these creators make a living with their art and creativity, Creator Science can help you gain tools and confidence to do exactly the same. I was actually listening to an episode recently where Jay had on Dr. K, who is a Harvard psychiatrist. And Dr. K helps a lot of creators with performance, burnout, and dealing with a lot of negative feedback online. It's a great hour of conversation with Dr. K, where Dr. K really breaks down what it means to be a creator today and the burnout that a lot of creators do experience and what to do when you get that burnout, because you will. And you can listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts, and I definitely suggest it. Listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts.